I'm Tyler, eat floor, high fiber dentering. I'm Connery, brooding in the dark Hanson. And this is The Franchise, the only podcast where we uh, use Batman's concern of Catwoman being regular as the intro to the episode. <laughs> His concern of her being regular. <laughs> he says high fiber. He does, yeah. She, he wants to check on her poos is all. All he has to do is check the litter box. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> That's better. And we're covering the 90s Batmans. Yes, we know the first uh, Tim Burton Batman came out in 1989, but you know what we mean. Yeah. Tim Burton Batmans, Joel Schumacher Batmans, uh, that's it. That's and it. <laughs> maybe a bonus episode of something. Yeah, something but good. We are talking about Batman Returns today, and we are joined by none other than... Jacob. <laughs> it's cold. Padilla. The sequel king himself returns. It's supposed to be cold. Chill out. Jacob Padilla, the sequel king himself. You think, uh, I almost called him Frozone. Man, my mind is still not right. Do you think Mr. Freeze likes gazpacho? Like, that's the only soup he eats? I, I imagine so. I imagine if he ingested hot soup, he'd die or something. Yeah, he probably hates hot soup. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, he. Yeah. I'm sure that soup would give him plenty of ice puns to use. <laughs> <laughs> do we have to explain that now i guess we just should no let's just do it real quick yeah. one time we're all gonna see mad max fury road when it came out and we're gonna meet jacob there oh. i was living with connery at the time and i had chili but then i cooked the chili too soon and then uh i put ice cubes in it to cool it down faster but all it did was water it and then we still got there late and we saw jacob running into the back entrance of the uh, movie theater so he just went and saw it alone and ditched us because we didn't get there in time you saw with Jared, didn't you, Jacob? You were like, I can't wait anymore. Me and Jared are going in. I went all the way to Downey to pick up my brother and made it in time for the movie. The and I was like, I can't believe these guys. All because can't. of my ice cube chili that I had to eat for some reason had before to. going to a movie. <laughs> you guys still haven't forgiven me for it. <laughs> we made an Instagram post where me, past and future guest Joseph Horn was there too. And we all got ice cream and just took a picture of of uh <laughs> the movie theater and said betrayed and tagged jacob yep <laughs> and then i just commented on all of them lol <laughs> and then we and then we ended up i think so yeah we ended up seeing it connery accidentally bought the 3d tickets but then there's these guys like there's these guys vaping in like the front row and it's yeah. like Ooh, 3d <laughs> 3d vapes <laughs> yeah and then that movie actually oh like God, knocked that. their socks off because they stopped smoking yeah just because they were blown away by mad max Fury road always one of my favorite things in the world when like jackasses are like being dicks and then like they're watching like oh wait this is actually really really good and they just like stop and watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah they thought they were gonna hate watch it like what we tried to do with gods of egypt <laughs> I would just wake up. Are the robot gods fighting yet? No? Okay. I come back to sleep. But let's move on from gods of Egypt. (laughs) To the gods of Gotham. Yeah. Let's talk about Exodus gods and kings instead. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Well, we're here to talk about Batman Returns instead. But before we get to that, Jacob, what's new with you? (laughs) What's new with me... Uh, I just recently uh, finished watching Euphoria. It was it uh, totally knocked my socks off. So impressive with the uh, impressive visuals, and crazy intense characters, 
every episode is a roller coaster of emotion. It, they're all every episode's very <laughs> heavy, so after every episode, I was like, "Oh God!" But it was so worth it because it's a very powerful series about mental health and drug addiction and the, the how the how our minds can be our ultimate torture and the circumstances that make us who we are either terrible people or pain people in pain or whatever and zendaya is a god and yeah that was great so but yeah the show was so heavy that you know if it sounds like jacob had to had had to say that three times already uh it's definitely not because he didn't he had to say it three times and we uh it's definitely not that we tried to record this uh three times so far no there's no script (laughs) I definitely didn't write it down. He has down. a teleprompter. <laughs> we, have, we have a prompter. Jacob, stop looking at it so much. Make eye contact with the audience a bit more. Yeah, and I guess everyone uh, knows at this point that this episode's coming out late. Uh, sorry, scheduling, and, uh, you know, we'll give you a double at some point soon. Instead. Yeah, when Tyler can help me edit things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Connor's been editing everything on his own, which I really appreciate. Because I haven't had the facilities or the time to edit as I'm working out in the desert for the past month or whatever. Tyler's being famous. Yeah, I'm so famous that uh, nice. I got a Beyond Famous star at Carl's Jr. today and it was terrible. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> What's in that? Uh, I don't. It's just a normal hamburger except it's Beyond Meat. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought it'd be some one of those like pour some sugar on me like women eating giant hamburgers on top of cars kind of burger <laughs> like <laughs> what does that even pour mean? some sugar on me women they'd be eating a giant ass burger and it'd be like that's a lot and you need to calm down that's true and then there's there was yeah. like the new commercials they that always were like made me hungry. Oh, like the dad like carl senior blamed carl's jr who was like the millennial for those commercials it's right. like no that was an old man that came up with those commercials oh, yeah <laughs> i remember that I actually on twitter recently i came up with a couple of uh, carl's jr menu items Ooh. just this was this did not come up as plan like i did not plan to come up <laughs> with this uh right now i just happened to get carl's jr tonight and it was bad okay well but, let's um, talk about it yeah what do you guys think of this uh <laughs> Carl's Jr.'s new monstrous Chunklebungus Plutted Dwarf Burger. <laughs> what, what's in it? Can, do, you, do you know what's in these burgers or you just have the name and you're workshopping the rest? <laughs> I have to figure out the ingredients. Uh, I guess Chunkle and Bungus are in this one. I imagine lots of pickle, pickles are involved for some reason. <laughs> I just love reading uh, Tyler's diss tweets at Taco Bell. <laughs> Every time they post something, I see you like, you don't cater to vegetarians anymore! (laughs) This hate campaign to Taco Bell. Yeah, it... I mean, it's messed up that they got rid of their vegetarian options. Like, what the hell? I just keep replying to them like, don't act like you know me. Bring back potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) They keep... They make like a, a... a cleverly funny little tweet and then there's tyler you don't have vegetarian food shut up (laughs) i'm just being like this is like the most karen i've ever been in my life is just roasting taco (laughs) bell for not having options anymore it's you're like you're a spurned lover like you used to love taco bell so much and it's true just just all over that do you know how much del taco i've had this past month as opposed to the rest of my life like it's crazy (laughs) yeah 
Okay, so Carl's Jr.'s yeah. new monstrous chunkle bungus plutted Borf burger. Mm-hmm. Do you like that better, or do you like Carl's Jr.'s new sick thick Channer Tatus burger? I like the Channer second one a little better, only because I think <laughs> we can get Channing Tatum to like do a little like <laughs> brought to you by me ad. But it's like a really poorly animated Channer Channing Tatum. Channer Tatus. <laughs> yeah, I like the second one um, a little better. For, like Magic yeah. Mike, whatever. Listeners, let us know which uh, burger is better. But uh, I guess we should talk about movies so that people don't skip the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. Connor, what's new with you? Well, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which has been an enjoyable time. I'm doing this thing I do in all Assassin's Creed games where I shirk the main storyline and just do all the collectibles and side missions first and then revisit the main storyline. And I'm just a god the entire time, which is just fun in general. And uh, oh, wow. I finished reading a graphic novel called Who Killed Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen? And I couldn't stop thinking about you when I was reading it, Tyler, because I thought you'd kind of dig it. I like stories about side characters. Yeah. Is that what it's about? Yeah, it's all about Jimmy Olsen oh, yeah. and like his someone like murders his body double and he has to figure out who wanted him dead. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's funny. Who wrote that? Superman's helping him? Uh, Superman is not. He actually explicitly tells Superman, do not help me with this. Oh, interesting. Superman's like okay. a terrible detective, though. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so it's very much on Jimmy to be a journalist and a photographer and, like, all the other weird things he's ever been in, like, Superman canon. Nice. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's written by Matt Fraction. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it's this Neil Gaiman collection I have. I might be wrong of Swamp Thing stories. No, that's something else. Um, there's, I just remember this, this, like, one-off comic, basically, where Superman is, like, going into this like basement or whatever to like he has to like go fight somebody mm-hmm. but and, but constantine's involved and batman's involved Ooh. and basically constantine i'm i'm totally like paraphrasing yeah but something along these lines where constantine basically saves superman because superman's terrible at fighting like the paranormal and, yeah. and magic i mm-hmm. guess right yeah totally you're right so that was just really interesting because you never see superman be like weak except a kryptonite mm-hmm. and he's like i don't know kind of a, a doofus sometimes <laughs> yeah magic's but, his other weakness which is something rarely used one of my uh in a Tom King comic, Jacob, I don't think you've read this far, so let me plug yours if you don't want spoilers, but uh, Robin, I guess, is, like, fighting a Superman equivalent that hangs out in Gotham, I guess, and he's like, she was like, oh, like, you don't have kryptonite, I'm, I'm immune to that, what would you do against someone as powerful as me? He's like, i just sell my soul to the devil, and then bing, bang, boom, I'd, like, eliminate you with magic. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, Zatanna could just throw a white rabbit at him, and he'd be like, ah! <laughs> he wouldn't know what to do, and he'd convulse and die. <laughs> So that's what I've been up to. Tyler, how about you, my dude? Trying to think of anything else I watch, but I've been watching the Halloween franchise ever since Halloween because I was just in a hotel room alone on Halloween and had nothing to do, which is probably not too different from everybody else, honestly, because, uh, you know, should be quarantining and COVID cases are getting worse. Yep. So, you know, make good choices. And by good choices, I mean watch the Halloween franchise. <laughs> Uh, I definitely like the third one, the fourth one, and the sixth one the most so far. I mean, besides the first one. I, I definitely <laughs> saw that one. I, I saw that with Jacob uh, oh. for the first time. We went to go... S- Which one? Uh, Halloween, oh, the, the original. Oh, the first one. Yes. Remember? We went great to go yeah. to the Egyptian theater in L.A. In Hollywood. Yeah, that was a great adventure. Yeah, because it was like the new 4K restoration of it. And uh, John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis were there. 
Yep. And I really wanted to ask a question, but I was too nervous. But then a bunch of people asked bad questions. I'm like, I should have asked them a question. Isn't that what always happens in those kind of things? Like, you're always really, like, including myself, I'd be like, oh, I should ask a question. Oh, but it's a stupid question. Then every other person who gets up there asks the dumbest question imaginable. Yeah. And it's always questions they could look up on yeah. yeah. that are, like, so easy. Hey, like- what is your name, John Carpenter? <laughs> <laughs> It makes me like cringe every time I hear a question like that. Where I'm like, "Oh no, you like thought that was a yeah. good question." Oh my god. Ugh. They, I guess they just really want the. Ex- I guess they don't care what question they want. Like maybe they're just like, oh, "I just want to be able to talk to That's them." That's a good point. But still, it's like you have the actual person there. Ask them something that only they can can answer for you instead of just making it bland for them. Did you play any pranks on set? <laughs> 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 and besides Tyler, we were like up on the balcony in the back. So even if you wanted to, it probably would have been a long shot. You would have gotten. Picked. I could have bellowed it. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> but um, just yelled it out at Jonathan the... <laughs> Carpenter. <laughs> it's me, the Phantom of the Egyptian. <laughs> I need to ask you about the ghosts of Mars right now. <laughs> you see, that would have been yeah, that would have been a good question. You would have been like, oh, ghosts of Mars. Oh shit! <laughs> I forgot I made that. Uh, but yeah, seeing the original Halloween and like the 4K restoration was like, it was crazy. It looked like it was made like yesterday. Wow. But I mean, yeah, like literally yesterday. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so definitely, you know, I've got I haven't gotten to the Rob Zombie ones yet. Uh, I could even recommend Halloween Resurrection in a way that like if you just want to watch a really stupid like very like, early 2000s movie, check check that out <laughs> because it's like there's like crappy like digital cameras in it and uh, one of the main I, I think she's. Is it a spoiler to say the final girl? I guess so. I don't know. She has this giant PDA, and they're, like, watching the house through a live stream, basically. And she has this giant PDA phone. Like, it's not even a BlackBerry. It's, like, something bigger, and they're trying to message her on it. And it's just really funny to watch. <laughs> so. Gosh. There's a lot of good stuff there. We'll probably cover it at some point, but not for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I've been up to. I guess, at this point, we should talk about the movie that we're supposed to be covering. Yes. Batman Returns. I don't mind. We open on a beautiful estate. Pee Wee Herman is there with a monocle. <laughs> and he looks around. And uh, I don't know who plays uh, Penguin's the wife, actually. Yeah. Helena Bonham Carter is missing in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that lady's also in Pee Wee's Big Adventure mm. or something. Well, Penguin's mom and dad have a monster baby, and I would I Indeed. would say they they try to they should try to give it love, but then the child eats a literal bird. No, he eats, oh, a, he eats cat. a cat. Right, worse. Foreshadow. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is foreshadowing. She is in Pee Wee's Big Adventure as Simone, who I think is the woman in the in the T Rex, <laughs> like the kind of like cabazone dinosaur. I'm checking right now in this Good. intermittent silence. It is. <laughs> It is Simone. Simone is in the Cabazon dinosaur scene, which I love. And then, <laughs> and then her uh, husband or whatever, her boyfriend comes, and he's just like this giant trucker, and he's really mad at Pee Wee. <laughs> but uh, either digress once again. Yes, they throw young Cobblepot into like not the trash, but don't they just like throw him in the sewer? Like what happens? Yeah, they they, they throw him in the river. Yeah, throw him in the river, which leads to the sewer, and the sewer drops out into an old abandoned zoo with all the animals still inside of it. <laughs> Oh yeah, which is really cool. Like yeah. all the uh, maquette or miniatures, and I guess maquettes isn't related to that, but <laughs> uh, all that stuff is so cool. Especially, uh, 
I can't remember if it's in the very beginning or also like halfway through when they go back to the zoo mm-hmm. to show like where he lives and everything. But it's just like the camera move through that is just like so cool. It is. I don't know, just the production design in this movie is like oh, so yeah. beautiful. But yeah, it really is. It's evolved beautifully from '89 Batman, definitely. Mm, sure. The the zoo is like terrifying and beautiful all at the same time. It's very much Tim Burton's aesthetic, but like overdosing almost. Yeah. Um, it's like this movie definitely feels like a Tim Burton movie, whereas the first one I think yes. feels a little more gothic and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. influenced by like silent horror movies. I think in a lot of ways, I and like that. just silent horror movies, German expressionism, yeah, gothic, yeah. The lighting is more stark too, I guess, and this is more like, I guess, more blue tones, and it just the production design is so incredible, like in both. But this is like just straight up like Tim Burton, like even. Max Shrek's, like, company has the big, like, cat head or whatever the heck that thing is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the big, like, Felix the cat hat. For more foreshadow. Yes. All the cats. Yeah. <laughs> but I always thought 89 Batman was uh, part of Tim Burton's rise of Tim Burton-ness. Mm. And then Batman Returns, he was able to make in his, like, prime Tim Burton-ness because he had just yeah. made Edward Scissorhands right. and then... I think Nightmare Before Christmas was coming out soon or whatever. And, yeah, this is when he was like, this is my Batman. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. He had, like, more um, sway, basically, to do what he wanted. And, uh, yeah, this came out right after Edward Scissorhands and right before Ed Wood. So that's that's really in, like, the pocket there. It's like his ultimate power. (laughs) His ultimate power. But um, I guess before we talk about any more specifics, Jacob, like, I just want you to talk about, like, your personal interest in this movie. And, I don't know, like, is this your favorite? My, of the 90s Batman movies? Yeah. Um, my favorite is 89 Batman. Oh. Uh, sorry we didn't have you on for, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the thing, though. I always thought Batman Returns weirded me, <laughs> weirded me out. Yeah. <laughs> 89 Batman, I just love the, I love Batman and Joker. Yep. Uh-huh. They're so fun in 89 Batman. And in Batman Returns, I just, I, I guess I, I was never, when I was younger, I didn't like his relationship with Penguin and Catwoman. I guess it was too developed for me. I was like, there's no fighting. There's no trash talk. They're just, there's just, what's all this relationship stuff and personal stuff? <laughs> yeah. But now after seriously watching it, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty decent batman movie Mm -hmm. with the penguin being humanized and catwoman you can never really go wrong with catwoman she's just a great character and i remember never really caring for michelle pfeiffer and like oh anne hathaway's best catwoman ever and now after watching batman returns now i'm like nah michelle michelle pfeiffer's the best (laughs) Catwoman. (laughs) it's true i i love anne hathaway but michelle pfeiffer's still the best catwoman (laughs) excuse me you're forgetting halle berry I, I meant to. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the Pitoff directed Catwoman. Come on. <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, Anne Hathaway, I still enjoy, but Michelle Pfeiffer, I definitely enjoyed way more this time around. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, she is so great. Like, I forgot, like, kind of. I haven't seen this movie in a few years, I think, and I kind of just totally forgot about her as um, 
Selena Kyle, basically. Like she is, she's not a thief at all in this movie, mm-hmm. um, which I think traditionally she is in the comics. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, Connery. She's a thief, yeah, it's like full blown thief. Yeah, <laughs> but she's just like a, a kind of a kind of like a secretary in this, and she kind mm-hmm. and then and she's like she's always alone, basically. Like she's have has really bad luck with her dating life and stuff, and she leaves herself messages on her answering machine. I laugh really hard when she comes and yeah. honey, I'm home. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not married. And she just, like, yeah. throws it aside so casually. I'm like, that's me. That's great, Selena. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I'm alone, too. <laughs> oh, God. Selena Crane. Selena I got to go look in Connery's closet for a skin-tight outfit. <laughs> skin sight cat suit i'll give you a hint it's near the railway tracks Ooh. Oh, <laughs> it's like that thing that they always uh it's always on twitter or whatever i think where it's the reversed uh skins for arkham asylum or whatever where yeah. batman walks like catwoman yeah that was fantastic he feels like the, the gotham city it's like the strut it's so great always a good time <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, all that Selena Kyle stuff with her being in her apartment was boring to me. And watching it now, I'm like, this is actually a very great scene. Mm-hmm. The one where she's, it's her regular life, and the one when she comes back to her apartment when after she died. Yeah. That was very great, like, uh, parallels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely, especially the neon sign. Yes. The neon sign. Which goes from... Hell here. <laughs> yeah, it goes from hello there. When she's like normal Selena, and I'm like, oh, that's a really cool neon sign because I love neon, and then it changes to hell, hell here. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> and that shot of her in front of it when she's in her mm-hmm. outfit, that was always. But her, even her like look as like normal Selena, where she's like kind of I don't know, just an awkward person mm-hmm. and like secretary. It's like mm-hmm. I just really like her look still. Yeah, she looks her, super. Yeah. She looks like super cool. She has that like adorable stuff going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know. It's I guess it's kind of. I might be wrong. It just feels like it's kind of rare, especially for movies around this time, to just, like, have a female character be, like, super, like... Not that she's even klutzy. I guess she's kind of klutzy, you know? Because she calls herself a stupid corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> but she's also just I'm trying just to find self-respect and, like, has good ideas and stuff. And then Max mm-hmm. Shrek is just an evil dude. And he's just, like... She tries to recommend something or ask a question. And then she... The whole ultimate thing, like, later on, is that she figures out his plan, like, on accident because she's just trying to be like a really good really good at her job yeah good assistant know? and just from naturally finding out that her boss is terrible yeah <laughs> but a fun fact i also have some trivia Ooh. here a fun fact uh catwoman's character poster at the time kept getting stolen from bus <laughs> stops so, <laughs> so they had, to, had to like not put them up anymore <laughs> and apparently her that poster to this day is worth a lot of wow. money Yep. <laughs> I saw the poster online, Google Images, okay. and uh, the poster actually looks kind of cool. I think the 90s was around the time they started doing cool character posters. Yeah. The ones where they have, like, you know, just the character and they have them in a cool pose or whatever. I always like those posters. It's funny that she makes that whole outfit out of one leather jacket that she owns. <laughs> oh, yeah. <that> is, <laughs> right? I do like that a lot. And, like, all the stitches are just, like... <laughs> Just, raw and exposed like she is not a tailor at all she just like kind of yeah. stitched it together <laughs> just all this yeah all all the costume design production design like just everything art direction wise is just like so great in this movie but jacob before we get farther into this i have a question for you 
<laughs> who do you think loves Christmas more? Tim Burton or do you know who I'm going to ask? No. Oh, <laughs> Tim Burton or Shane Black? Who loves Christmas more? Oh, <laughs> this is the ultimate Jacob question. Let's see. What did Shane Black do? He did Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 <laughs> takes place at Christmas. The nice, the nice Guys takes place at Christmas, right? Sure. Sure. No. Does it? Doesn't Kiss Kiss Bang Bang take place at Christmas? Kiss I think it does. I need to see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That movie's actually good. <laughs> Lethal Weapon takes place around Christmas. He wrote those. Yeah. The Predator takes place. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what? Just because you mentioned the Predator, Tim Burton, all the way. <laughs> I would argue Tim Burton hates yeah. Christmas. I would argue he loves Christmas in his own way. <laughs> I always feel like he uses it as like a symbol of like loneliness in the face of family and like togetherness. He always uses that as like a contrast to like make a character seem on the outside. True. Yeah, I guess True. it's like all of them. Like Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just annoyingly for the record or whatever, he produced and didn't direct. Henry Selleck directed Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas, but it's still... Henry Selleck, thank you for making a classic. <laughs> Mini classic. Shout out. But... Yes. <clears throat> James and Giant Peach, too, oh, right? Yeah. And Coraline. Yeah. Oh, cool. you did Coraline, and too? Coraline. I love Coraline. I never cared for you... Coraline. But still, all those other ones... <laughs> I need to see it again. ones are great. It's great. I, I love Coraline. It's so good. Just making up a song about Coraline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the chorus line. On the chorus line with Coraline. <laughs> um, Jacob, I definitely get what you mean about particularly Penguin, especially if you're like younger, like Joker, Batman, that's like a lot easier to latch onto. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just let alone that. Penguin is like legitimately disgusting in this movie. He's like oh, he really. Is. I know. He has like a blue bile constantly like leaking from his mouth. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even. I was cool with that. Yeah. It's really cool. It's like I don't even mean just his look, but also like he's just a really terrible person at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's an animal. Yeah. It's like he's definitely, definitely an animal. It's like they try to. But I definitely love now how like he's like a tragic figure and whatnot it's like he was a freak and cast out and didn't have family and then he found a semblance of a family but it made him into a monster and then he tried to become better but then he was still a dick so it's like he never escaped the monster that he became and it's just it's it was um and danny devito that's like one of his best performances (laughs) ever i think yeah (laughs) truly he kind of has an opposite elephant man Res, like what's it called revelation in the end where Alpha Man says like I am a human being. Daddy goes I am a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm an yeah, animal. I'm an animal. <laughs> or like he like, like he just regresses to full back. Like no, I'm a monster. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah. By semblance Which... of family, you mean rocket wielding penguins, right? Rocket wielding penguins Circus and weirdos. Doug Jones is a clown and oh yeah I forget that Doug that's Doug yeah. Jones yeah that was nice seeing him I didn't know that at all that's awesome <laughs> yeah there you go you're welcome the fun fact I wanted to mention we are recording this episode on Danny DeVito's birthday wow nice so how freaking perfect spot on spot how on how old indeed. is Danny DeVito good question he's seventy six whoo. 76, wow. It looks great. Um, I was going to guess earlier than that. Happy birthday, Danis DeVito. Danis DeVito. 
Happy birthday, Frank. I had to do coffee orders yesterday. Wait, yeah, that was yesterday. Because uh, we were shooting uh, on location or whatever. Mm. So there was a coffee shop next door, and one of the drinks was called a Danny DeVito. Oh. Because you know it was a six-ounce Americano. <laughs> I guess that's it. Just because it was short. I'm like, nice. Nice. Good one, guys. Oh. But it was also the coffee shop. The tagline for it was espresso yourself. <laughs> good. So I sent, mm, I sent it to past and future guest Joseph Horn, who loves a good pun. <laughs> <laughs> what do we talked about here? Giant skeleton head motorcyclists. Yes, of course. <laughs> Fire eating guys. They don't look very practical. Yeah, Penguin has a strange army of freaks, and Batman's gotten much better at his job of kicking ass. He doesn't get shot nearly as much in this one. That's true. He's still weird as hell as like a person, which oh, yeah. I love. He's a he's gotten weirder, <laughs> if anything, as a per, as like a human being. But as Batman, he's doing a really good job. True, absolutely. Yeah, he he wrecks all of them. But yeah, all the costumes for the henchmen are really cool. Doesn't he, like, blow up the fire eater? He catches the fire eater guy on fire. Like, Batman definitely kills everybody. Yeah, he has no... He, like, walks away and smiles, too. I'm like, this is the Batman that kills people. Yep, okay. Oh, yeah, I wrote down in my notes, the only way that Batman really makes sense is that he's a freak. He just roasted a dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. He roasts a dude. He blows up a dude. I really love in that segment, too, how... uh, selena kyle like tases the guy who had the taser yeah that like, was after good. he's knocked out and she's like talks to herself as after like her being rescued she's like da 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 that's like tases him and just like like walks away basically like she's great <laughs> also uh bruce wayne is so terrible at hiding his identity because <laughs> later he sees selena kyle he's like oh we've met before she's like we have and he's like uh um i think i got you mixed up with someone else like dude <laughs> There's a point where, like, everyone sees his face, and I thought it was really odd. It was, oh, oh, you know what, it's, it, never mind, it's, it's all resolved because Shrek dies in the end. I forgot about that for a second. Shrek dies? Uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Shrek. R.I.P. Shrek, your swamp will never be the same. <laughs> Somebody once told me the world was gone. I'm walking on the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) I like how Zack Snyder used the song from Shrek for his Justice League trailer. It definitely feels like that. I feel like Shrek has more ownership over that song than he does. I mean, and during a sex scene in Watchmen. (laughs) It's not so much a sex scene as it is like getting over erectile dysfunction scene. Yeah. (laughs) That exactly. Um, but yes, Christopher Walken's character's name is Max Shrek in honor of the actor who played Nosferatu in the original Nosferatu. Huh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Cool. Yeah, because otherwise it's like a pretty random name. But uh, I almost totally forgot yeah. he was in this for some reason. I don't know why. Christopher Walken? Yeah. I don't blame Do you guys you. like him in this? He... I think he's fine. I remember I didn't care for him being in it. I remember I used to pretend that wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't, I love Christopher Walken, and that role is so evil. I didn't like seeing Christopher Walken be that evil, but but uh, and then Christopher Walken isn't really like doing much with the role. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just there. Yeah, I, I definitely expected more from him, like to go a little bit more wild. It's like it's like if you had Al Pacino there and him not going wild, you know? It's just totally. like yeah, you're missing something there. It's a little, it's played a little too straight, I think. 
Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't care for Christopher <laughs> They're probably trying to make him a stark contrast to Penguin's, like, or Danny DeVito's just insane performance as Penguin and have him just be, like, a really put-together, like, Machiavellian bad guy. Where he's like, I'm just going to be a normal bad guy and be over here, and you can eat a raw fish yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> that I gave you. <laughs> yeah. When you cast a crazy guy like Christopher Walken to be the straight-faced guy, it just seems off-putting mm, to me. Good point. Christopher Walken's usually pretty eccentric. And, like, his hair is really arch, you know? Like, he has funky hair. <laughs> and it's like, if anything, like, I, so I, I think that's what makes, a part of what makes this movie, like, a better movie, probably, than Batman mm-hmm. Forever and Batman and Robin. But, like, that's what I like about the villains in those movies so much. Is that they're just like so incredibly cartoony? Is that it's mm. like they're just all letting loose? I, that's why I think the ultimate Christopher Walken Tim Burton team up is in Sleepy Hollow because oh, yeah. I think that's like mm. the most stripped down Christopher Walken when he's the headless horseman and he just goes Rah! the whole movie oh and has God, really sharp is. teeth. <laughs> I need to see that movie. You haven't seen that yet? Yeah, you do. I haven't seen oh, it dude. yet. No, I I heard that wasn't one of. Oh no, it was from Hell. That's the one that's not too praised yeah. from what I hear. No, that's not a Tim Burton movie, though. Isn't that Tim Burton? Didn't he do that? No. Oh. Just Johnny Depp's in it. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Depp's in it. You just yeah. assu- it's safe to almost assume every movie Johnny Depp is in, Tim Burton had something to do with it, and you'll probably be right like 80% yeah. of the time. Are you thinking of yeah. uh, Sweeney Todd? <laughs> Maybe. Uh Maybe. I listened to that musical the other day because I was feeling a little down, and it, it made me feel a little better. I enjoyed myself. I hadn't listened to that musical in like years. <laughs> I was feeling down, so I listened to the musical about them turning people into meat pies. Into <laughs> <laughs> meat pies. That's what, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't deny, deny Have a Little Priest is fun, and Pretty Woman's a good song to sing. Yeah, the songs are great. I still need to see that one. There's a lot of Tim Burton movies I still need to see, like Sleepy Hollow from, uh, not from Sweeney Todd still. Planet of the Apes. I barely saw Ed Wood. I saw Planet of the Apes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good response. You like the one with James Franco better. No! (laughs) I do. Yes, I do. Caesar is home. Hey, and it comes back to Batman because that director's doing Batman now. Uh Aha! Or the Batman. I don't even know what it's called anymore. The Beeman. The Beeman. Matt Beeman. Um, Matt Beeman. What part are we at? Sorry to the listener if my audio is any different today. I had a little desk in my hotel room set up, but then I managed to flip the, like, I don't know what happened, to the outlet. The outlet stopped working. So now I'm in my bed <laughs> recording, and it's, like, very terribly jerry-rigged. He looks, He's nice and snuggy. He looks so comfortable. Yeah. Yes. Should Somebody should screenshot this. I don't know how to do that. Eh, I'm too lazy to do it. Yeah. Do All right. Well, we tried. <laughs> but uh, on the topic of Max Shrek, apparently in earlier drafts of the script, Max Shrek was actually Harvey Dent that makes sense. with Billy D. Williams to return to the role. That would be yeah. dope. And it would have been good. And I don't know if you guys remember, Billy D. Williams was actually the voice of Two Face in the Lego Batman. He was. Yeah. <laughs> He was also Lando. He was? Oh, no, I'm thinking... Well, (laughs) I mean in the Lego Star Wars... No, I'm sorry. The Lego movie, he voices Lando Calrissian. Oh, that's fun. Yes. And then 
I, I totally forgot about Lego Batman movie. Do we have to cover that yeah. at some point? I guess so. <laughs> Probably. Eh. It was. It exists. It exists. Hey, <laughs> that could be a bonus after Christian Bale Batman. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. Max Shrek. What about uh, Minimum Donkey? Minimum Donkey. It's good. It, it's good. Should have been the name of his son. This is my son. <laughs> that's Min- a Chip. really strange name for a child. <laughs> Minimum Donkey. Tiny ass. <laughs> Tiny ass. That's it. Tiny ass. I wrote down eh? Eh? In this, <laughs> eh? and I forget why. I think, is that when Christopher Walken pushes her out the window? Yeah, when he does that, like, that psycho oh, thing yeah. to her, where he's like, eh? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. And then he he's pushes like, ah, her. Ah. Oh, yeah, her death scene is, like, her death scene is honestly, like, so brutal because of the way they shot it. Like, yeah. it's really intense. It is. It is really intense. I was, like, I remember getting ready to watch it. I was like, oh, and then it happens. Yeah, I have my notes. Let's just say poor Selena. <laughs> this movie's rated PG, I think. It is? Nah, it's 13. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, I, like, I should do more research if I'm going to do a podcast. It's <laughs> fine. That's why I'm here. I've only been doing this for like eight months now. Connor, how do you feel about this story, like as a Batman story, especially, I guess, maybe for around that time in the 90s? Like, how does this compare... Like, do you think this is, like, a worthy Batman story? Oh, fully. I Watching this movie, I was, like, I was sitting there, I said, I like this one better than the Batman 1989. I mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed myself. I like, one of my favorite things ever, they, they have Penguin in really, like, dark and dank spaces, like, where he feels more at home. But then, like, when Maxwell Shrek brings him, like, up into the world, into that fluorescent light lit, like, campaign office, and he's, like, such yeah. a stark contrast, he's this horrible monster, and, like, his... His, like, underwear, like, onesie <laughs> eating a raw yeah. fish. It's one of my favorite things. That was probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Just, like, and really sold it for me. It just made the contrast of, like, uh, humans and this, like, monster man who's, like, grew up in the sewers and was raised by penguins. So I, I think it's stone, like, ex- it feels very extreme, which I can often get behind things. And it just, like, really just pushes the envelope in any way and just be like, this is what I am. This is what I'm doing. And that usually resonates with yeah. me, and especially as a Batman movie. I'm always excited when something really goes for it and just commits to the bit. I really yes. enjoyed Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer's romance as Batman and Catwoman because I, it's really fantastic. I used to not be a Batman-Catwoman couple person, but and I used to be more like, oh, we should be with uh, Talia al Ghul. That, that should be this thing. <laughs> and... But as more as time's gone by, and mostly thanks to Tom King, who wrote this like beautiful romance epic for Batman and Catwoman, I'm I'm just like, I'm like yeah, beautiful love stories. Exactly. I'm I'm just, I just I'm just like there's there's no other person like there's literally no other person for this man to be with. But you know, at least Talia's his baby. Yeah, mama. she's his baby mama. <laughs> but she basically raped him. So you know, there's that. Oh God, <laughs> jeez, Dark uh, Zan Damien. Uh... Uh, <laughs> to the point of Batman um, and Catwoman, uh, I really like how it all plays out, especially the end where he's just like rips off his mask in front of Max Shrek. It's just like he yeah. just gives no fucks. Who knows who he, that he's Batman? Yeah, he's really. Kind of a crazy dude. Yeah. It really Why feels dressed like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he dressed as Batman? He is Batman, you <laughs> moron. Was. <laughs> But it, it really feels like at the end, like, they could definitely, like, they would become better people if they, mm-hmm. like, you know, were at least were friends, together. you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, it's so sad during that scene where, like, he is, like, begging yeah. her, like, just come home. Like, we can be together. We can, like, uh-huh. start over. She's like, 
I really wish I could be that like person for you, but I can't. And it, it I was like, I was like, oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, like they could at least be friends and like just become less weird of people and like grow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like they would have a lot less uh, depression, probably. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. She, I guess she is a zombie cat person that has indiscriminate powers for some reason. Yeah. So I don't really know how that works. But. Zombie cat woman. She could join forces with zombie Hulk, <laughs> the immortal Hulk. <laughs> Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. Oh, but um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not caught up on Tom King's Catwoman Batman storylines. Apologies. You were, you were there Tommy. on the happy times, so that's all that matters. I was I was there for when he proposed and when they were about to get married, but pretty much, you know, she she spoiler alert, she ends up not going through with it that first time, mm-hmm. from what I hear, and uh, yeah, pretty much Tyler, what you're saying, it's like you know they. If they're together, that means they'll become that much closer to being normal and being happy. And Catwoman's whole reasoning, and correct me if I'm wrong, Connery, this is what I interpreted it. Her, her reasoning was, if I if we give each other this happiness, then I'm taking Batman away from the world, and the world needs Batman. Stuff You're like exactly that. right. That that's It's, it's laid yeah. out right there. That's her feelings, and it's all about Bane's plot to break Batman's heart <laughs> more so than anything yeah. else. Freaking Bane, <laughs> being clutch out of nowhere. Right. Bane's a heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I. There's like this last panel in the comic. I think it's like a full page spread with him be like, the bat is broken. <laughs> I'm like, he's and Batman's just sad. Oh. <laughs> and Thomas Wayne is right yeah, there too, isn't he? Thomas Wayne is there. Yeah, it's random freaking thing. It, it makes sense if you if you finish it. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore. We're, we're so about I don't know if the audience does either. <laughs> No, we're talking about comics. (laughs) Yeah. Whoever is tuning into a Batman episode probably reads Batman comics at some point. Some people, at least. Some people. uh, If not, heavily recommend Tom King's Yes, it's it's exceptional. Especially if you like a really non-text-heavy, down-to-earth Batman. Yes. But Scott Snyder's great, too, if you like bombastic craziness. (laughs) Connery, I've talked to you. I don't think I did this on... I, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast but mm. we've talked uh in text and like just in person whatever about how i think that batman would probably serve or bruce wayne would probably serve his community a lot better if he just found ways to invest his money in like <laughs> urban planning and like helping communities <laughs> and stuff like that yep you know in gotham <laughs> but this movie kind of uh definitely like count like argues against that in a way where it's just like yeah like somebody's just like like, that's the whole thing with Joker, is, like, he's just, like, such a complete agent of chaos. I know that's not this movie, but, like, mm-hmm. you can't really fix Joker. But it's, like, the same thing with Penguin in this movie. Like, he's such a foul person that, like, <laughs> there's nothing you can do. Like, he, he tried, you know? He's, like, mm-hmm. everyone tried to make him, like, a, like to help him out. And I'm not saying everyone mm-hmm. needs to, like, conform to society in a way. I guess, like, to survive, you kind of do to a degree, but, like... Mm-hmm. You know, Penguin always feels like an outcast, but, like, he's also not that, like, you try to empathize with him to an extent until he, like, pulls away and, like, starts, like, I don't know, becoming more animalistic, (laughs) just generally being gross, sexually harassing women all the time. So, it's just, like, he is a villain, you know? And, like, it sucks because Mm -hmm. that's how he, it's, like, I don't know, is that nature or nurture or whatever? Like, was he... Mm -hmm. Like, I doubt the penguins are making him evil, but he's just a very spiteful person. And just like, <laughs> yeah, it seems like he was born evil, especially from like that opening scene. Like, he's literally in a cage yeah. and he eats yeah. a cat. Like, he was just born evil almost, which is weird. That's, 
that's the thing. It's like I wish Batman could help everybody, and I mean, I know all of this is obviously fictional, but like, mm-hmm. so it's like the creators are creating these issues in the first place. But it's like, yeah, he could probably at least help out a lot of people in Arkham Asylum, you know, yeah. instead of just like constantly fighting them in the streets and then throwing them back into a prison. No, yeah, well, but Batman puts them in Arkham Asylum because I guess you could say that's Batman believing in uh, the system, mental. Yeah, the believing in the system of uh, mental correction. There's a better phrase. Mental rehabilitation. Mental rehabilitation. Yeah. Yeah. But Arkham's like become much more as a super prison for super criminals, basically, in like modern day almost. It'd be, and it's so hard because every time, even like when new people say like, "Hey, Arkham is more Arkham sounds more of a psychiatric ward," you still have these people that are all mostly irredeemable. Like the characters who I who I would argue who have had redemption, like Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, they're people who have moved away from their abusers or have just in general been placed in a better light, i.e. Poison Ivy, who's now much more of a hero than a villain these days. And a lot of the other characters. When people tell, when people say like, "Oh, he just sticks them in the asylum and for them to rot away," and he doesn't try to help them, like a lot of these characters don't want to be helped. Like Mad Hatter, that dude doesn't want want help. He wants to like kidnap children and like, kill them. Like he's nuts. Or like the Joker, he spat in Batman's face every single time he's extended his hand for help. And uh, pretty much everybody, Two Face is beyond repair at this point. Like he's he has little glimmers of being like, being like, uh. Harvey. of harvey thank you jacob and being like i i don't think i want to be this anymore but it always just circles back which is probably the most painful one almost of him understanding what he's doing is wrong but choosing to do it anyway and they keep breaking out yeah and, and they keep breaking <laughs> out but that's that's the way these stories work so when people say like how come they keep yeah. it's a revolving door it's like there wouldn't be any stories <laughs> if these characters that's like that's true yeah. too there'd be no there'd comics. be no comics <laughs> if all the problems were solved there can be happy endings for yeah. some characters but yeah. For like a serialized comic book story, it's it's just if if we solve the Joker's problem and he like went sane, it'd kind of be really boring. Yes, of course. Yep. Which almost happens in Dark Knight Returns. Very much, yeah. I like uh, like we talked about this too. Just a boring Bruce Wayne comic where he's just like a philanthropist and helps everybody <laughs> and like yeah. Like I would like that alternate reality. I guess that's like the that's the difficult stuff with Batman is like that's like people argue of him as a hero or whatever it's like he's very like he's i mean he is just like he has a tragic past but like so he fights crime because his parents were killed but it's like that doesn't seem like a very healthy way to <laughs> internalize that at the same time no i'd honestly like to see a comic where he actually goes to therapy as batman they they do a hint of that in heroes in crisis but he's like talking to a robot basically and it touches on him for like five yeah. seconds but I just want to yeah. do like a whole comic where, like, as Batman, he goes to a therapist's office in Gotham to try to like suss out his mental health issues over the course of like twelve issues while he's doing other stuff. You should, uh, you should write it and then have whoever is drawing it make the therapist look like Brazier. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and call you it have Bat- the question be his therapist. <laughs> and you know how there's Batman Hush? You should call this Batman. I'm listening. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Batman listening. <laughs> I'm giving you so many I'm great listening. ideas. We'll 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 do um, the Gotham skyline like the Seattle skyline in Fraser. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess it's just like the optics of it too. It's just tough because like I like I don't know I wouldn't even say Batman's one of my favorite superheroes. I know he's like your favorite Connery. Mm-hmm. It's just like I guess like all the optics and like the style of him. Like I do appreciate that he's just a normal person. I mean. You know, he obviously he's incredibly rich. He, he represents adds, like what the best of what humanity can be, basically, quote unquote. Yeah. 
what incredible privilege allows you that someone exactly. actually use it uses it for good mm-hmm. instead of like he's yeah. able to use his infinite resources to learn every martial art and detective analysis and build crazy weapons so. <laughs> yeah he's still just like a deranged person i yeah, mean like that's crazy. the thing is like Definitely. like that's the like the optics of it are very like right wing in a way where it's just like an incredibly rich white man like fighting people with mental illnesses on the street instead of like actually trying to get them help but that's just one take on it yeah. you yeah, know it, it, it's the very cynical take yeah. on batman where like he's not helping anybody he's just hurting more people than he helps there but there have been people he's faced where he's been able to help them definitely in batman the animated series episodes there were people he like adversaries he and the the writers of that show were adamant about making the villains people before they were making them evil and they all had very humanized cores and centers and drives and a, a lot of the basic episodes was batman fighting them and defeating them but there were a lot of great episodes where he's helping them overcome a trauma or something or he's helping them get closure on something these are for like the small villain. Sometimes it was for the main villains too. Like Two Face's whole arc in the animated series is amazing because he has this mental illness, and Bruce is trying to help Harvey try to overcome it, and Harvey's wife or girlfriend or whatever is trying to help him escape this darkness he has in him. But then unfortunately it doesn't, and then the villains just become tragic figures. But and then what Connery was explaining about how the villains go are going into arkham and how they they might seem unfixable it just reminds me of I, that's why i really feel like batman's so powerful because it's a lot of symbolism it's like of course it's it's completely he it's from a sane point of view batman is going about it the wrong way in uh, terms of addressing his own traumas but uh i guess it's like that taxi driver route where you're watching this crazy guy but at the same time, you're fascinated what he's going to do next. You mean like Joker? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this taxi driver. Taxi driver. I think you're talking about the movie Joker. I've never heard of Taxi Driver or King of Comedy. But you know that Joker movie? It's, it's so original. I love it. I was wondering when he'd make an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> when you least expect yeah. he's truly an agent of chaos we can tie him back to anything i almost guarantee it at this point <laughs> i mean batman's easiest to oh yeah but, but we've been doing this i yeah. feel like every ep almost every episode todd phillips joker makes an appearance <laughs> sorry jacob i totally derailed what you're saying it was a very good point <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry you you can leave it's if you okay. want i'm sorry it's fine I'll live. It's my fault for bringing up taxi driver. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Just trying to have a normal conversation. I had to pull in the Joker. <laughs> or, I mean, Joker. Um, Joker, period. But yeah, essentially, at their, you know, depend also depends on Bat- Batman's... Uh, I always saw Batman more as an art form more than a character because you can interpret him in so much... So much di- interpret him and adapt him in so many different ways yeah i mean ultimately that's what like any fictional characters i guess you know like they're not real people you use them as like a vessel to say the things that you want to say thematically and about the world and that's what i like about having so many different versions of batman and that's why i like all-star batman so much because he's just (laughs) like has a lot of yeah (laughs) but that's what's so great about comics i guess in general and Mm-hmm. I guess especially Batman. Uh, I don't know. Like I wouldn't say he's the most malleable character, 
but he's more malleable than like Superman, I guess. Yeah, he's yeah. very flexible. You can make him into almost anything, yeah. with the exception of like, well, I don't know. Like uh, Superman, you can make him scary, but he there's so many directions Batman can go. Like he's more morally flexible than Superman is. Like you can have the Batman that kills people and still be a good guy. You can have the noir detective. You can have the psychedelic '60s Batman going off into space in a crazy <laughs> outfit. Like you can do so much bonanza stuff with him or like down to earth stuff where other characters are probably stuck in a certain niche like Wonder Woman you're probably going to be dealing with mythology of some of some sort although I kind of like to see Wonder Woman just have to deal with like a civic problem would be kind of fun and, and Superman <laughs> it, it's going to be a sci-fi nine times out of ten because if it's like a normal crime he, he's just going to like wipe the floor with anybody yeah so yeah although that does sound fascinating like a noir tale with Superman that does sound interesting in its yeah, own way. Probably be fun because it's so toned down. Yeah, you, know? you can put some of his journalist journalist let's call it, abilities to work. Yeah, that's why the, when you mentioned this Jimmy Olsen story, I was wondering if Superman was in it because then I've been like, oh, really? Superman's like in like actual human situations. <laughs> oh, wow. He he participates <laughs> like he's in the book, but like he's more like yeah there is that's jimmy jimmy like does like live streams like i'm with my pal superman and superman's like hi (laughs) is clark kent even a good journalist or does he just report on superman like i think he just reports on superman so he's almost like writing his own autobiography every day yeah i feel like he's more like paired with lois he's almost like lois lane's editor first and foremost i feel like he's like her assistant (laughs) like she turns in a story he like adds periods or capital t's whenever she's like she's like i'm just writing the story down you deal with the rest the line that bruce wayne says <laughs> uh, to selena kyle when he sees her again is i mistook me for somebody else <laughs> i took me for somebody else <laughs> he's nervous I think he's the... like flabbergasted me for caesar <laughs> yeah the dialogue i think is so good in this movie it's just mm-hmm. a lot it's charming it's funny it's dark like it just really zings like mm-hmm. there's so many good lines yeah I like when Batman like does research on the penguin basically cu- just because he thinks he's gross. <laughs> Is that why? <laughs> I assumed it was like look at like he's just looking at the penguin on like the rec- on like the news and he's just like, Ugh, I'm gonna look he's up Googling this guy. Him. He's gross. <laughs> I'm gonna follow this guy while he like does his work in the office. Exactly. He's just like he's nasty. He was right. Yeah, he, he was absolutely. He was right because right. penguin was like collecting the names of children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The Santa Claus of murder. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a lot of stuff like with Penguin, like the political stuff that I really liked a lot, where it kind of predicted. I mean, I'm sure there was politicians kind of like this at the time, hence why they were commenting on something. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you could fit Trump into like a lot of the things that the Penguin's doing. Um, yes. I've, I very much thought this movie was very timely yeah. when I was watching this and Penguin's whole political campaign i was like wow this feels incredibly timely right? yeah. just seeing him like eating a raw fish walking down in his like underwear <laughs> to reveal the whole team and it's just like the whole team smiling and it's just like yeah it's all artifice yeah, yeah you have to turn this disgusting person who's like a villain into like a candidate yeah and they have those like beautiful penguin posters that he looks like, like regal and sophisticated mm-hmm. yeah it's the animated series very much yeah. <laughs> yeah but um I wrote down that, like, Cobblepot could do, aka the Penguin, he could do, he could actually do a lot of good for Gotham in, like, using his, like, background and as, like, someone who's, like, you know, I feel like he's harder on himself than anybody else is, honestly. Yeah. But, like, he could actually, like, do a lot of good for Gotham as, like, a politician, maybe, but he just uses, like, his personal pain to, like, lash out on other people. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the tragedy. He's, part, he's the opposite Bruce Wayne, which is, I think a lot of people overlook. Is like he's the one with all the power and privilege, but he uses it for evil. Yeah, and like self gratification and a bunch of umbrellas and a bunch of umbrellas. <laughs> he was their number one son, and they treated him like number two. <laughs> I like that line. I was like, I yeah, his like whole <laughs> his whole speech is so good. I almost, I forgot that I wrote this down as a different intro of I'm Tyler Five Chubby Digits Dennering. <laughs> Instead of five chubby digits, I had one flipper. Yeah, Danny DeVito is so good. It doesn't even feel like Danny DeVito, especially at, like nowadays. You just think of him as like the guy from It's Always Sunny. Unfortunately, mm. like he's so much fun in that, but yeah, like he's such a good actor. He really is. He is. He really is. He definitely should have been nominated for this. I would have voted for him. Mm-hmm. I would have too. Well, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> um. <laughs> What about when he bites that guy's nose? That's disgusting. Oh, that's horrible. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like I wish they didn't do that. <laughs> the the blood squirt oh, was God. just too much. Yeah. Like why? Can we also talk about the amount of handsprings in this movie? There are so many back handsprings that everybody does. Handsprings? That's like the the cat the, thing that Catwoman kept doing every time she would like oh, walk up to yeah. Bruce Wayne. She'd be like flip 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 and then flip away and then, like clowns would flip 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 and flip away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, gymnastics. Yeah, a lot of back handsprings, especially. Like, Tim Burton, I'm like, Tim Burton loves this so much, obviously. <laughs> Do you know Tim Burton? He loves a good back handspring. Yeah, I guess so. He's like, that's He's... so fucking cool. Do it again and again Doesn't and again. Doesn't Jack Skellington do back handsprings? I don't too? think he does. His long ass <laughs> legs just bend in weird ways. <laughs> Tim Burton loves a good back handspring. He loves a good futter whacking. And if you know that reference, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. But, um. Good. I'm glad you don't. We're okay with, uh, uh, Selena Kyle just knowing all this stuff. We don't need to know how she knows, like, how to use a whip and how to yeah. fight and how to do back handsprings, She right? came back to life. Good she came back knowing. to life. She's a crazy thing now. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, it's it's a comic book. Like, it's yes. it doesn't make any sense, but it's so fun, and that's all I want to do when I see a movie. There could be, like, practical stuff. Like, oh, she was a gymnast in high school and college or something. I think that'd be more annoying and, like, less, like, supernatural. Yeah, I think her brain just broke, and now she, like, has accessed this whole other personality in person that was always inside of her, and it's just come out. She accessed her Jason Bourne side of her mind and just activated all these skills. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think Catwoman's a Mary Sue, and, uh... (laughs) Oh, God. Fucked! Uh, and everyone stop listening to the podcast yeah done <laughs> I really like that there's a battering in this movie because I don't think there are any in the first one no this is the first one it's a remote battering that gets to fly around the room and hit everybody yeah doesn't he hit a bunch of people yeah it's everybody he does. it reminded me of how I just play uh, Batman Arkham man. Asylum where I just like throw that remote battering and yeah. hit everybody <laughs> yeah I thought especially yeah. this scene with the battering this fight scene like it did feel like Arkham City fighting where it's kind of like mm. rough and tumble yeah totally Oh, right. I was going to say, Penguin's, like, freak shows across Gotham. If Joker was still alive, he'd be really, really upset that his shtick was being taken by somebody else. Yeah, all of his lackeys are clowns. Yeah, he'd be like, what the hell? Find your own thing. They're circus freaks. What was the backstory? Yeah, because he was reading the the paper about... Oh, yeah. They do, like, a little, like, glance at something. It's like a like circus a... crime syndicate. That's like a defunct circus group of freaks. And then <laughs> Incredible. they yeah. decided to be a crime family. And they found Penguin and made him his, their leader for some reason. Yeah, I think they were called the Red Triangle. Yes, that's it. 
because of the circus um, tent. It's kind of a cool name. It's a circus tent. Do you guys get it? What, the red triangle? Oh! I never thought of that. It's a circus <laughs> tent. <laughs> nice. You're smarter than us. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I, uh... There's there's some themes in this movie that are a little dated, but it also kind of like like it makes sense for Michael Keaton's character, yeah. where it's just like I don't know, Bruce Wayne learns to respect women more in this movie. I <laughs> yes, guess very true because <laughs> he like punches Catwoman and she's like, "How could you? I'm a woman." He's like, "Oh, oh I, I'm sorry." <laughs> like, it's so sorry. <laughs> sorry and then she like scratches him across the face or something doesn't he like he throw acid on her or something like absolutely horrible yeah he like throws some sort of burning gel on her and then she falls into the because, like, when he's, he's like feeling her up and like they're on their date night and she, she he's about to pull up her shirt and then like she sees like the acid scar she's like nope nope and then he has the scratch mark yeah, he's like yeah. nope and at the very end like it's christmas or whatever, and then he, he's in in his limo, and he says, goodwill towards men. And then there's a pause, and he says, and women. And it's like, good I job, guess. Bruce Wayne. You learned about humanity. Arc. Feminism. Good job, Bruce, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess this came oh, out in 92. Like, maybe that was progressive. Like, he means well, you know? That might have been too progressive, honestly. Yeah. Shit. Jeez. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> misogynistic times oh. we've probably been like uh oh, are we okay with that line do we really need that and women i mean women it's just it's very like it's very scripty and like dial like i don't i would say it breaks in tone with a lot of the other like quippy really good dialogue in this movie where it's like and goodwill towards men and women i mean it, it also feels like something that'd be in batman the animated series yeah like, you're, here's you're right the theme <laughs> i would I would say not. I, I think so. I can. I can I imagine like... Kevin Conroy being like good world, goodwill towards men, and then him looking out the window, and women. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, the animated series was less on the nose. I feel like he wouldn't even say anything and just be like looking out wish, uh, wishfully for Selena. Yeah. Or just spying on her like a creep, like in Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, Michael Keaton definitely needed to grow. I mean, I guess not him as a person, but Bruce Wayne needed to grow he as did. a person. Yes, uh, because he learned to respect women. I think he talks about. I think he Look, talks about. I like you, but you need to shut up. <laughs> oh, he does say that. And then in the he first one right? in the first one, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. He also yeah. talks about Catwoman's weight in this, and uh, uh. just as he does in the first one, he, it's a big thing with the women in weight with him. Yeah, he's just a freak. <laughs> he's just a freak. It's like, how do you not know your exact weight? I'm 185 pounds. <laughs> you want to get nuts? Come on, let's <laughs> get nuts. Can we talk about penguins, goons hacking the uh, Batmobile? That's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that frustrated me when I was a kid. I was like, how could Batman let the bad guys do this to him? I don't like this. I like how sleek the Batmobile is. Yeah, the Batmobile is still very yeah. cool. It's like ultimately like not realistic at all, but that's what I like. Because like, in hindsight, I don't know. I just love some cartoony stuff. And like, mm -hmm. it's very stylized. And you think about the Dark Knight trilogy and the Batmobile and that. And, like, I don't know. Like, I know it has its fans, but to me, it's just like, yeah, it's just like a military vehicle. Like, I don't yeah. know. It just painted it black, and that's it. Yeah, it's definitely not one of my favorites. But, yeah, yeah. like I said, I like the animated like, anime movies, Hearstmobile. Yeah, definitely. It rocks. It does. I, I, I love this uh, this Batmobile, definitely. I always thought the 
the bat wings were a little too mm-hmm. much, but the rest of it made up for it. And that's why the animated series Batmobile is so awesome because it basically has the same look, but it's not bat wings. It's just like pointy ends, yeah. which is which is a lot more sleek. There's a line that Selena says that made me actually laugh for a long time for some reason, and it's at the end of their date night when Bruce tells Alfred like basically make something up to like to like have an excuse so I can go out and be Batman. And Selena's also trying to make an excuse so she can leave and go be Catwoman, and she yeah. says she's like a couple lines off like like. Tell him this, or make up a sonnet, or a dirty limerick, and then she leaves. I thought that was so funny for some reason. Yeah, that was funny. So my Alfred would make up some kind of sonnet, but he's not gonna like. He's just like, I know, I know what's going on with both of you. Just, just go. I'm not gonna do anything. I don't remember what it was, but I did write down Alfred has so many dirty limericks on tap. <laughs> that's probably that that like, I want to hear. Can one. we talk about Alfred? Because I feel like this is the Alfred that's like really neglected in terms of like the long form discussion of like the batman movies i agree do you guys like this do you like this alfred this is one of my favorite out not in this movie he's kind of like just really really in the background Mm -hmm. in this movie but i do love michael goff goff is that how you say it i don't know uh go but i do love this (laughs) i do love this alfred very much like he's awesome in batman the 89 and he's actually pretty awesome in Forever and 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 Batman and Robin. Yeah. He's way more involved in those ones than in this That's one, true. which is funny. I think he's okay. He's but, he's not my favorite, but you know, he's fine. He's good good witty quips with Alfred's there for. Yeah, I like it when they're on Skype together, <laughs> Bruce Wayne and and Alfred and Alfred's uh ironing while talking to him. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's a good prop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's meant to be code. Circling back to the trumpiness of Oswald Copplepot, like uh, I don't know. It, like I, I guess it feels slightly hackneyed to talk about this because it's so like contemporary, but I guess that's the whole thing. But I mean, his yeah. his slogan is literally that's "Oswald means order." You know? Yeah, he's a law law and order candidate, and he wants to make Gotham great again. He says, "The glory that I yearn to capture is the glory of Gotham." Ugh. Yeah, he's a creepy dude. But then, uh, Bruce DJs the CD of the audio recording. <laughs> 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 but then the audio recordings of Penguin aren't nearly as bad as anything like Trump has ever said. No, no they're not. <laughs> I'm going to play this city like a violin from hell compared to, yeah, just grab him, but... Uh, yeah. I say, I hate real life Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost gone, I Luckily. think. Hopefully, God. Yeah. Luckily enough, people do. Um, yeah, but well, anyways, I didn't just... want to make it all sad and like... Uh, super modern, no, but it's, it's it is worthy necessary. of bringing up. This is what art is for. Yes. It, it, it totally is. I want to talk about Selena's like, last stand because I thought that was so cool and sad at the same time. Uh, where <laughs> she loses like a Max bunch of her lives? Her. Yeah, she's, she's like, seven, six, yeah. five! It is great. That was great. That was sad. And then she like does like the kiss of death of the taser. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It was intense. She still has one life left. Yep, has one life left. Got to make it count. Max Shrek's burnt up body used to scare me. Oh. <laughs> it's like charred remains. <laughs> I forgot about that. You're right. I have this in my notes too. Where uh, Penguin says, "I am not a human being. I am an animal." He like directly reverses the <laughs> Elephant Man speech. It's like, oh yeah, we're on the same page. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought I thought you get a kick out of that. I was thinking about you. You said like, ah, this is basically an opposite elephant man. <laughs> I really like how Al- Alfred says tonight is that party hosted by the odious Mister Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Shrek is odious. The odious Mister Shrek. What about the suicide rocket penguins? Are we gonna ever talk about those? Yes, of course. They're great. <laughs> they're great. <Yeah. laughs> they're great. I feel bad for them. You know, I think they're all animatronic. There might be some real penguins at some point in this movie, but I think they're there largely animatronic. There were a few animatronic. real ones with like more... paper mache like yeah. rockets on them because they're like scurrying around. I'm like those are real penguins with rockets on their back. That's yeah. cute. A few of them are real, and then some were like people the... in costumes were the big penguins, and then others were animatronics. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the little guys were, were real, but I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, the penguins are great. Um, it reminds me of Italian Spider-Man. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen Italian Spider-Man, I think it's on YouTube. But uh, No, I haven't. <laughs> when he says release the penguins or something, he, I just kept on thinking, Penguini! So, I don't know the reference, but it sounds funny anyway. <laughs> watch Italian, it's Italian Spider-Man. It's basically like a 60s exploitation version of Spider-Man. It, but it's just this guy with like long flowing hair and a mustache as Spider-Man, and it's it really has very little to do with Spider-Man. I'm into it. Sounds great anyway. It's fun. Just like the Japanese Spider-Man. Has yeah, pretty much. Little to do with Spider-Man. Basically, a Power Ranger. There's a lot of death in this one, huh? Especially at the last scene, like everybody is like quote unquote dies. Like you think yeah. everyone except Batman dies. Like Shrek dies. Selina quote unquote Shrek. dies. Penguin dies. Yeah, Penguin yeah. has like his little uh, penguin funeral. You know. Yes. His Viking penguin funeral. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, li- I like his big duck boat that he has as an escape vehicle. He gets a lot of use out of that thing. I thought that'd be a one-time it's prop. Rad. He uses it a lot. <laughs> it's like a boat. It's like a car. A, a, a freaking off-roader. <laughs> also, it does everything. Batman like holds holds that remote thing that's like going to blow up all the penguins to like get Oswald to stop, right? That's what he does, right? Yeah. Like... He's yeah. just threatening to kill thousands of penguins. No, no, it was just the signal. He was oh, okay. he was bringing them. It was something to attract all the penguins to the location. Okay, gotcha. Cause, and then I think... Because I thought he was, like, threatening to blow them all up. <laughs> no. I did think that, too. It makes more sense, Jacob, now you say, like, it's, he's just going to turn them off. But like, I thought, like, if you're going to... If you're going to threaten penguins, you might want to threaten his penguins. That's probably the best thing to do. <laughs> like... Yeah, so I was like, oh, that that is a Batman moment where, like, he would, like, say he's going to do it and then doesn't. But, like, still, it's like, that's messed up, man. Don't kill thousands of penguins. There's a moment in oh. Arkham City, the video game, where he's, like, outright abusive to Mr. Freeze. It's probably the one the most, the scene I'm most uncomfortable with. It's when you're, ironically enough, in Penguin's, like, hideout area at, at the museum. And he's captured Mr. Freeze. And he's in, like, this, like, hot room. And Batman basically, like to get information on like rips out one of like the cell containers for mr freeze's suit that allows him to live oh, and yeah, so victor's slowly like dying on the floor and batman's like tell me tell me where it is or i'm gonna break this and i was like just calm down for a second jesus christ he's like you can kick his ass at this point like, just don't kill the man yeah Ugh. mr freeze is definitely one of those villains too that's like just trying to like he's 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 a little off kilter for sure but he's also just like trying to save his wife. Like that's his main motivation, mm-hmm. at least the, typically. Yeah. It, it is like that's that's his core thing. He wants to save his wife, but the bad part is he'll do whatever it takes and he'll hurt whoever he wants in order to save that person. But definitely, Mister Freeze is one of my more favorite um, villains. 
mm-hmm. in my Batman movie that I have, if I ever make one with Connery, Ooh, I would want to use I would want to use Mister Freeze and Catwoman. Oh, that'd be interesting. That's an interesting combo. Well, we we, we, we could talk about love. Oh, love would be probably a, a big theme in that one, Jacob. That's good. Exactly right. But, Unconditional, um, devoted love. Maybe re- require. What's that? What's that love? Um, unrequited. Uh, unrequited, or what's the other one? That's uh, like re- that's like. Uh, de- uh, like conditional? The, no, no, not unconditional. The thing like you need something in order to, for that person to love, like the toxic kind. Oh, toxic. Mm, I would do very... my Batman movie would be uh, Calendar Man and yes. good Batmite and and uh, Condiment Man. Condiment, condiment oh yeah, is, wait, is Condiment condiment Man a real? Oh yeah, he is a real thing. Wait, isn't Batmite yeah, also a thing? <laughs> <He> is. <laughs> Batmite is Batman's equivalent of Mister Mixoplexel. Mm. I don't know what that means, but he would be in the movie. <laughs> in regards to Michael Keaton, no, not Mike. Well, yeah, Michael Keaton, but uh, apparently, because the Penguin, all the Penguin stuff was a real big part of the production. There was all sorts of stuff they had to do, like they had to rent out a warehouse and then like put in ice cold temperatures to keep all the penguins in there and then put a huge water tank in there to take care of the penguins and whatnot. But evidently this was the last major Hollywood film to be done the old fashioned way with indoor sound stages. Tyler, have you heard of this? Trump loyer sets? Trump, Trump. What? In France or something? I don't know. It's, it's French. Um, uh, Trump, I'm gonna stop. Miniatures and various other vestiges of old school filmmaking. I just was butchering this word, but uh, yeah, this was the last major Hollywood film to be done the old-fashioned way: indoor sound stages, miniatures, and various other vestiges of old school filmmaking. Where is this? What does that mean? Like this was the last major Hollywood film to be done the old-fashioned. But like, where where is this information? Like, it just sounds very general. This was from. The IMDb page. Oh. Because of all the miniatures and the indoor sound stage. <laughs> Was this the last one to be done the old-fashioned way? I think so. <laughs> Do you mean everybody making this movie had an old-fashioned in their hand? I would hope so. Do you guys have a good game we could play maybe to wrap this up? Yeah, I just wanted to make... you have one more thing to like, talk about? No, just the last point I wanted to make, basically, is that this movie actually made me tear up two different times. And the first Aww. time was when Penguin dies, even though he's like a really gross, evil man. Uh, because yeah. that's what the things, honestly, I think Tim Burton's the best at is that like that whole. That's like what he's so inspired by. Really, is like all these old monster movies. You know, it's like even though, mm-hmm. like, there's kind of thing like in his death scene there. It's just like even like maybe I'm just projecting, and this doesn't really happen. But it seems like even like Bruce Wayne is sad, even though like that dude was like pretty evil. Because it's like he was kind of born born a monster so he doesn't have his own agency in a way he's sad in the fact that like this sad creature has finally perished and it's it's that point of like it's it's i feel like it's pity maybe more so than like genuine sadness yeah there's pity and there's sadness and pity and all that it's the same thing with like or similar to with him and uh selena where it's like he's basically like you know don't go away like we could both become better people in a way or like at least just, like, I don't think it's just, like, hey, we should, like, be together as a couple. It's, like, I think he generally, like, wants to help her and probably realizes yeah. that it would help him, too. It's just, like, 
There's probably something yeah. in there where he wish he could help Penguin. Mm, yeah. yeah. I believe he's the character of Batman generally just wants to help people. It's always a tragedy, and his life is a tragedy to the point where he he rarely is able to help anybody. Yeah. Or, and, like Connery said, sometimes they don't want to be helped. Yeah, and sometimes they don't want to, exactly. And then that's where Batman has to do whatever he has to do. Usually not kill, but... <laughs> Usually. Like, the Batman in my, in my heart never kills. Catching people on fire. You know, blowing them up in the sewers, <laughs> having a nice smile as you walk away. Uh, the impale second... them with your grappling gun. <laughs> the, the second time, hey, you can impale someone without killing them. Yeah, I guess so. Isn't that the point of impaling? Like just an incredibly slow death. I suppose so. Oof. Maybe it depends on the spot where you get them at. Uh, the second time I teared up is at the very end when, like, it's just at the very, very end when Catwoman, like, pops into frame as it's just, like, overlooking everything. Yeah. With, like, the Danny Elfman music. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, man, I do really wonder what it would would have been, like, a third Tim Burton, like, Michael Keaton one. It would have been interesting for sure. It makes me wonder who he would do next. Like, would Cat- Catwoman would probably still be there. At least I hope she would. Like, it makes sense to me for her to be there again. Yeah. It's honestly, like, yeah. one of the best, like, superhero endings I've ever felt. Like, maybe amped for a sequel. Mm-hmm. Way more than, like, anything else I've yeah. seen recently. It's just like, oh, I really want to see what happens next. And then it just totally changes. It's like everybody's uh, everybody's hopes and dreams for Michael Keaton to be in, like, a Batman Returns movie kind of deal. This is Batman Returns. You know, like, the, the comic, the, the Dark Knight Returns. I'm sorry, Dark Knight well, Returns. apparently he's going to be in that Flash movie as Batman or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, he'll Thomas Wayne or something. Yeah, well, I think he's supposed to be alternate reality, like a different dimension, this Batman. Oh, that's cute. All right. So I don't, but I don't know. This is all like weird speculation stuff. Yes, yeah, speculation stuff. Exactly. Um, But yeah, yeah the, this... the concept art, the concept art had Michael Keaton in the 89 in the, in, in this yeah, Batman yeah. outfit, mm. but it's concept art. They just put them in whatever costume. Yeah. Right. Well, I hope they update it at least a little bit because I'm not a big fan of the suit. I love this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah, suit? I, I always like this suit. The... This uh, Keaton's Batman suit. Oh, I like yeah. it a lot too. I especially like how he rips off the mask, like because it's just rubber. <laughs> it's like pure <laughs> latex. It's rubber. like, man, he must be so sweaty in that. Oh, it's disgusting, oh. almost. It must cling to his skin. It's just so gross. Yeah, I really like it as the, the design elements of it. It really fits like this style of of Batman, where it's just very. More comic booky, but not so campy. Like it's a little campy, but it's also very. It mm-hmm. takes itself seriously, and he is brooding. So I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. get to a point where it's, it's like just not an outfit I I would like wear. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I I just like I I, I prefer this over it being hyper realistic. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I but get that's that. Just my personal what taste. what turns you off about it, Connery? The the rubber. <laughs> All the rubber. There's too much rubber. <laughs> yeah. I, I like a little bit more um I like the armory kind of look and also I also like just like the Batman hush where he's like it's more like dynamic and uh breathable like it looks like he can move around in that suit just fine and do all his like tricks and flips or like the rubber suit he can barely move in that right no he can he can barely move in that yeah he's just always like yes exactly he can't turn his head he has to like move his whole body to do anything Yes. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Batman Begins makes that joke too, when where he says like, yeah. "I'd like to turn, I'd like to be able to move my head in the second oh, movie." It's, uh, the Dark Knight, yeah, yeah, the Dark Knight. You want to turn your head? He's like, "Yeah, that should have been in the first design." 
that that Batman outfit's so cool. Oh yeah, it is. It's 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 a great one. But do we have a game, Tyler? Do do we have anything in mind, or, or are we are we gonna call it a quits? I didn't come up with anything. Did you? I'm not thinking. Well, here's one. If you could be an animal themed villain in the Batman universe, who would you be, or what would you be? <laughs> Ask me. Did you guys have this kind of question already for Twilight? I said animal theme. I guess what your power. I said vampire power would be. I guess for Twilight. Oh. I you know what I, I said. What, what what would your wear animal be in Twilight? So you could turn into like something. Like oh a werewolf. yeah, that was a cool question. But I'm I'm asking you to like base some base your whole your super villain identity off this animal. <laughs> Do I have to be a villain? Can I you be have an to... ally for Batman? No, you have to be a villain in this case. Fuck. <laughs> Connery, do you want to go first? Um, I will be I'll be Sea Dragon and all my whole theme is aquatic crimes in the Bay of Gotham City (laughs) it is very localized yeah (laughs) it's very specific dang it I was going to say my powers are going to be manatee based but that would would be the same thing I'd be like the warring crime family in the Bay (laughs) we could team up a lot we're like like the duo that takes down the mafia crime family there and sets up our shop there yeah it's Mr. Manatee and the Sea Dragon. <laughs> I'm Manatee. That's my name. Oh, that's better. Hyphenate Manatee. <laughs> <laughs> and he wears, he just is wearing a t shirt. <laughs> I'm a giant mutated manatee, but I have a t shirt. I like that. That's good. I love that. It's like a Winnie the Pooh t shirt, and I have no pants. <laughs> You're just like this big mutant, like Killer Croc. You hang out with Killer Croc all the time. <laughs> and that shark guy, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, King King, King Shark. Yeah. And the Street Sharks, of course. <laughs> and the Street Sharks. Jacob, who are you? I am the Coyote. Ooh. And homeless, a homeless person murdered a deer family member of mine and so i stalk the night and i murder homeless people jesus oh, that's scary <laughs> jesus <laughs> indeed that's horrible the homeless people of gotham city i'm Batman committing manatee crimes and you're murdering people who are already <laughs> homeless <laughs> already at ri- like at risk i'm a villain right <laughs> yeah, yeah that's definitely dark I, I can see a whole comic book about that like coyote you're just out there like attacking gotham's most vulnerable that's dark just like a coyote you're just like victor zaz level yeah, it's Brad Spector's ass. It is. I always thought those were the most fascinating villains of Batman, the like seven like level type villains. Yeah. Me and Tyler are like in the 1960s, and you're like modern day <laughs> Batman villain. I'm like a fucking Frank Miller <laughs> Batman yeah. villain. That's very true. You're like a 1980s scary one. <laughs> you're what like spurred Batman to start branding people, basically. <laughs> Yes, I'm what brings him on his decline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, people are horrible. This guy's just going around in a coyote suit killing homeless people. This is terrible. I don't like it. I just, I, my... Tyler, what's your... Me, a crime-dealing uh, half-man, half-manatee who wears a t-shirt does not agree. What turned you into that? What, how did you become a manatee? Uh, I was born this way. Like the penguin. <laughs> I stole my suit from Black Manta. <laughs> nice. One of That's his better. older suits before he upgraded. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. It's, it's it's really bad, and I've ironed out some kinks. I feel like it's very Kite Man aesthetic I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> kite Man. Well, yeah. I think we covered our bases yeah. for Batman Returns. Is there any last things you guys want to talk <laughs> yeah. about, or are we done, though? May I give my ranking of my 90s uh, Absolutely. Batman rankings? Sure, dude. All right. It's going to be great. My <laughs> ranking... <laughs> My ranking is 89 Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. Wow. <laughs> That's the order that they all came up with. Yeah. Nice. Come on, Batman and Robin's yes, good, though. I like Batman Forever more. <laughs> I just love the Robin storyline so much. Yeah, the Robin story. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> get there. <laughs> But the Alfred storyline in Batman and Robin is really amazing. I haven't seen Batman and Robin, I think, ever. Yeah, well, Whoa. you know, yeah. Robin's charms don't work on wax lips, so that's all I have to say. <laughs> I thought that was Batman Forever. <laughs> no, it's Batman and Robin. practically interchangeable. <laughs> oh, okay, then I have seen that. Never mind. Uh, well, on that note, thank you, Jacob, for joining us. I feel like, is this only of the course. second time you've been on here? I feel like you're on here every week. but No. <laughs> no, it's the third time. <laughs> what, Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Pirates uh, of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, Pirates 2. That's chest. what it was. I forgot that <laughs> <Man> chest existed. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, apologies no, to No, remember, Conch. Connery, we don't like it anymore after. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, did you say you made, you, Tyler made you not like it anymore? <laughs> No, remember after the podcast, you and me were like, you know what? Maybe this movie isn't as great as we thought it was. It's not, but the monster design's awesome. Yes, yeah. they are. They and are. the CG is like incredible for Dead Man's mm-hmm. Chest. And also it has it your conch, conch shell man. Conch, <laughs> conch shell man. Uh, all right, bring us on home, Tyler. Thank you for joining us, Jacob. Do you want to have anything to plug? Uh, go ahead and follow me on my social medias. AJ Padster, also my letterboxed. And uh, I haven't taken any pictures lately. I, I'm kind of, I really should. But uh, also follow my uh, toy photography page. Uh, what do I call it? Wow. <laughs> Wide Eyed like Wanderer? Yeah, I that think sounds that's right. right. Yeah, Wide Eyed Wanderer. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Wide Eyed Wanderer. I'm, I'm definitely, I think I want to buy a couple more figures that I've been. Really, fun. I want to buy the Mandalorian. Take some pictures of him. Ooh, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. And if you love the sound of mine and Connery's voices, please oh. be sure to listen to Starship Impala, our other yeah. podcast. <laughs> what about you, Connery? Jacob took my plug, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, follow me on Instagram at Twained T W A Y N E D, where I post photographs of people. And places I've taken photos of, like normal Instagram page, but <laughs> I don't know. But way better pictures. Wow! Mm-hmm. Thanks. Imagine if a, if you if your Instagram was curated by a master photographer named Tyler Dennering. Whoa, master! You don't photographer. have to imagine; you can see for yourself. Master, master <laughs> splinter photographer Tyler Dennering. A master manatee photographer. <laughs> With his t-shirts. Man, uh, T. <laughs> Somebody draw manatee for us, please. I like it. Yeah, if we can get like the, our trio of villains and Jacobs being like, our characters being just deathly scared of Jacobs. Yeah, we're small time crime. <laughs> Jacob just murders people. <laughs> um, 
Follow us at the franchise. This pod. guy's gonna be in the Batman movie I make. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> right. He'll be like the introductory character that Batman takes care of that puts him into the main plot. <laughs> oh yeah, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin, Colin Farrell's gonna be the penguin. Yes, he is. Have you guys seen the show Hannibal? No, I no. want to. Yeah, Jacob, there's when you now now I'm thinking about the coyote being this scary thing that murders homeless, but there's this like guy in Hannibal who's like obsessed with prehistoric cats, I guess. And so he makes this like weird semi animatronic bone suit of a saber toothed tiger and he like puts it on to like kill people. Oh wow. <laughs> it's terrifying. I now I only imagine you have some kind of coyote bone thing that you just like bite people's heads off with or something. It's just Man. terrifying. Yikes. I'm just imagining I'm wearing like a freaking coyote fur. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Craven. <laughs> I'm Craven. Yeah, I did think of Craven immediately when you said that. Especially Craven, <laughs> the hunter from the uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark musical. Oh my God. <laughs> this has gone on for quite some time. Uh, follow us at the Franchise Pod uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Email us at the Franchise Podcast at gmail.com. Definitely follow us on Twitter because I feel like that's where I interact with people the most. Uh, I.e., just mostly yeah. Jacob and Connery. But hey, <laughs> tweet at us because I, I do tweet Happy behind the it. scenes things, uh, cool gifts and yeah. images and videos about the relevant movies that we're talking about. So it's a good time. <laughs> and uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. It'll help us grow the podcast. And on that note, you poor guys, always confusing your pistols with your privates. Yeah. <laughs> Catwoman rules. <laughs>